This week on Catching Up with Connor and Nick, we're talking about Seattle startup CrowdCow, the value of professional photography, giving advice to our college selves, and talking about the long tail of e-commerce and social media. This is Catching Up with Connor and Nick. Enjoy the show. Hey, Nick, good morning. Hello, Connor. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing this week? What's new? Man, I am on the road. I'm in Idaho visiting family as well as actually um, meeting up with uh, a potential city leader for Founders Live as we expand here where I'm actually in Boise, Idaho. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. Working working on the road. It's been fun. That's awesome. Boise, Idaho. I've actually heard there's a decent startup scene there um that kind of revolves around the college do you know do you know much about it there there is um and that's part of what the conversation was yesterday uh but yeah you know boise idaho is the biggest city in idaho but it's also like you know home to boise state university and a lot of really great early stage you know just creative entrepreneurs and startup talent so if you're gonna we're gonna launch in idaho it's got to be boise yeah that's awesome that's too funny i'm actually at two o'clock uh driving to northern idaho to see my family. Nice. Uh, so what a coincidence. Uh, but I know since you're on the road, we are a little bit short on time. So I want to just like dive right in right now. Yeah. Let's um, do it. And so the first topic I want to talk about is this new startup out of Seattle. Actually, they're not that new. They launched uh, mid 2017, but they are starting to get a lot of, of notoriety and popularity, especially because they've started to ship uh, Wagyu beef around the United States, which is just very difficult meat to get. Uh, and Tim Ferriss two weeks ago actually just posted about them on his Instagram account because uh, that kind of got him as an influencer because of the meat. Uh, but it's a company called CrowdCow. And what CrowdCow does is they pretty much crowdsource the sale of a cow. Uh, pretty straightforward. And how it all started was uh, the founder pretty much purchased an entire cow from a local farm here in Washington. And he sold through an auction the entire cow piece by piece. Uh, And in 24 hours, he sold every single piece of the cow. So then he obviously sent it to the butcher and then sent it out to everyone else. And that started this company that's now uh, doing really well. And they're pretty much selling an entire cow every single day. And they've recently launched chickens. And so my question to you, Nick, (laughs) Like, is this something interesting to you? Like, what do you think about this kind of company? And would you order, ever order beef from them? You know what? Uh, first of all, I love it. And I am I know Joe and Ethan uh, from Seattle. And I, I knew, right, I, I actually got the email that they sent out. The, when you read the article here, they talk about they hit send on their first email to Facebook friends and people who had expressed interest. And basically, like, I got that email. I remember reading it that day. I was like, oh, shit, like, this is interesting. So I really like the idea. I think that it, you know, the further, the further I go along in this industry and being around startups and hearing pitches, it's always the ones that you double take. It's always the ones you're like, wait, 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 wait. Let me dig into that a little more. Those are the ones that at first you're like, dude, crowdfunding a cow and who the hell would do that? This, yes. this, this is going to be a big I, this is going to be a big idea the reason why is because it's not just cows when you go in they're now um they're you know chickens uh fish basically what they're building is a whole new way for people to purchase these very high quality foods that are uh really um 
in the end, they're basically healthier. They're higher in vitamin A, D, E, omega threes. And base, you know, really it's just, um, it's almost like a new take on the uh, farmer's market you have in, in, in the city, but it's also crowd funded. So you could purchase a whole cow with a group of people and get a certain segment of that, but it's the highest quality you're going to get. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you what, man, I, I'm, I'm full in on this idea and I guarantee you, you in five years, you're going to look back at this company. They're going to be very big. Yeah. I think they're doing amazing things. Um, and I've had the chance to, to meet with Joe and uh, some of the marketing managers because they've started to do uh, some influencer series. And I was lucky enough to get invited to one of their events uh, probably a month ago to uh, try some of the different steak that they're providing. I was very impressed um, and immediately I'm going to become a customer. I don't cook as much as I should, but I'm just really curious on, on what's the future of just the direct to consumer with food because we've seen every other product do it now and with with amazon trying to figure out grocery delivery and and kind of falling over itself consistently i mean for a decade now is is this actually going to be what happens because now we have these subscription boxes uh like uh imperfect produce uh there's another one called full circle uh right so now it's just these subscription companies for food and so you know who's gonna who's gonna win that race to just actually win the consumer demand it's very interesting uh but if you're out there listening to this like you should definitely go on to crowdcow.com or check them out on youtube it's just a really interesting idea and if if you're into eating uh very healthy craft food these are the people you should be talking to yeah yeah I i love how you brought this into the conversation today man great job um, but, you know, the next thing on our list, um, you know, you're actually posing the question of advice to your college self. And it sounds like you uh, spoke with uh, some college students last week. Tell us about that. Yeah. What, what was your advice? So, yeah, I got asked to sit on a panel for a bunch of business students who, for their spring break, um, their career counseling kind of created a tour of the city to go meet uh, former alumni in Starbucks and Microsoft and Amazon and they created this lunch and it was more about the entrepreneur path and so I got invited and you know just really gave advice about what my journey was like and how I'm still trying to learn and grow and how quickly uh, the six years since I've graduated college has gone by and how I still like really don't have it figured out Um, and I'm just trying to experiment but I've learned that working for a big company isn't the thing I want to do. And so as I've been thinking about the advice that I would have given myself, I really would have focused a lot on like, be patient. I also think I would have reassured myself that like, it's going to be okay. And you're going to figure it out. And like, don't, don't get too, don't let it ruin any of your days. Um, Yeah. Right. Like college is such a moment in time about having fun and exploring and learning about yourself and having experiences that I think I would have just reassured myself, like double down on that idea, right? Don't get caught up in like what grades you're getting or if, if something happened that didn't go your way, right? Just kind of embrace the flow and enjoy every single moment of it. And just don't take yourself so seriously. What would you, well, you know, if you could talk to your 20, 21 year old self, what would you tell you? yourself? <laughs> well, first of all, it's, I'm, I think you had some great advice on that. So that's really great. Um, I, you know, thinking back, 
Yeah, I think I think the big thing, you know, patience. Um, really, just you know, I was back at twenty one, twenty two. I was on a different career path, but I was still very uh, focused and ambitious. And you know, pretty much every week and every every month, I felt like, oh, I need to get farther. I need to do this. I need to do that. And so I would, I would step back and say, hey, be patient. Enjoy these times, because I think you know the college time frame is incredibly unique in the sense that you're old enough to be an adult but you're young enough to not have too much responsibility yes and so enjoy have a good time but you know being where I'm at now honestly you know I'm I'm, I'm really loving my path and I'm, I'm great but man I could have probably shaved off 10 years if I was able to go back to my 21 year old self now and like basically show them some you know some things and tell them some things and and like put myself in a position of you know basically take a left instead of a right yeah the left or the right I took a right and it was like a 10-year kind of uh, uh you know sidetrack journey and I think that's the only thing that I would regret is you know my path I'm here for a reason but um I yeah I would go back and say be patient I would say definitely get to know as many people and network as possible but um you know just continue to be aware of the world and follow follow your instincts you know like you said you know like you know some people want to work at a big company but look for me too it's like i could not do that and i really have found my own way but being patient is absolutely the best advice um which a lot of younger individuals are are not yes. they just don't get it you know so i think that that's a really big thing and so in relation to founders live do you think you would have given yourself advice because i mean you started feature friday and and some of these things that led to founders live long time ago do you think you would have advised yourself a little bit about just hey you, like gore one of your strengths is networking and meeting all these people like go in on that strength and and create this bigger thing? Cause I feel like it took you a long time to evolve into what founders live has become. It, it did. Um, but yes, I would say that. And if anyone here listening is of the age of, you know, 21 to 23, I would, I would just simply tell you the best thing that you can do is get yourself in front of people, create your own network or create your own event or something that you are gathering others together. So basically, you're the center, you're the central node. The reason why is because that increases your exposure, and people start to get to know you. And all of a sudden, you raise your personal brand. Like you, you basically stand up above the crowd. And the quicker you can do that, the absolute better opportunities you're going to get in life earlier. Yeah, th so, that, that's such a good point. Actually, one of the pieces yeah. of advice that I gave them is. I was like, if you're trying to network in school, like I bet that no one at the university is doing a school-wide meetup, right? Mm -hmm. Just like mm -hmm. partner with the Starbucks on campus or like some little cafe on campus and say, well, you give everyone half off who shows up to this networking event and then just put it out there, get like career services to sponsor it for $50 so you can like make a Facebook ad and and boost it out to every single student and you know try to get 20 to 100 students to show up just to meet each other i guarantee a bunch of students will show up um just to like you know have one hour to to meet other people um well and, that, and that's basically my pitch to all the city leaders or the organizers in the cities for founders live that's basically my pitch is you you organize this and you get people 
attending something every month or building a community and you're the one that's doing that, dude, you are set. You do this for two years. You're like the most connected person in your city. Yeah. You're really, you're really helping (laughs) put on a lot of people by more or less forcing them to create their own network, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, A lot of people are going to benefit from just being the city leaders and doing the things that you're doing. Uh, But transitioning, we had a really interesting poll on Founders Live. Uh, from a someone in advertising, his name was Aldo Chacon. I hope I pronounced that right, Aldo. Uh, but he said he asked a question to the group, and it was, "How much do you value photography and video, and how important are they for your business?" Uh, it was multiple choice, so he said from not important all the way to very important, and then he also put in, "I don't care, I don't like photos or videos." And Nick, wh- how did you answer this poll? I answered it as um, incredibly valuable, and I will pay a high high price for high quality and that's you know one that's exactly what we do with founders live if you're on there you see we have uh we have videos we have the conversation series that i sit down with other entrepreneurs and interview them uh very very highly uh produced uh we have we do live stream of our events um we we're starting to really involve more photos at the events and and basically you know capturing you know our members and people that are pitching and in the end i'll tell you that what's crazy about founders live is people think it's bigger than it is. And the reason why is because there is this like media feeling that you're like, wow, like this is really cool. They've got videos, they got photos, they've got live stream events. They've got this like really cool network. And um, look, we're not that big yet. So I, I think it's incredibly valuable. The problem I, I see is, you know, some of these, you know, whether it's a professional photographer or a videographer, it's, it's expensive. So you have to figure out how to create or, or somehow affordably create your media whether you're internally doing that or you're hiring someone but i will tell you right now it's one of the best things to do for your early stage startup is to create media and figure out a way to push it out and and you're reaching people through different mediums which is like you know videos short videos long videos uh really great photos that you posted on uh, instagram and other things it really does help build the brand uh, but I think it, the, the challenge is um, the price and the cost if you can afford it. So what do you think, man? Yeah, the, the price is definitely the X factor. And so – and I have mixed feelings about this, and I've met over the last year a ton of photographers uh, and a few videographers through the process, and, and everyone's different. Everyone can provide a different service. Uh, and sometimes if you have a good enough product or a good enough channel, uh, they'll do trade. And so that's kind of an opportunity that you just have to hustle for to find if you can't afford it. Uh, but video, like that's almost impossible with video because videos just take so much time to edit and, and it's just a big resource. And if you are going to do some type of video production, I think, yeah, you, you just need to pay for it and suck it up because there's so much value that can come out of the video. But photography, I think, is actually becoming less and less important every day. Because just because your phone, the phone has a decent level of production quality and, and I'm, I'm building a brand on the back of pretty much taking photos and videos on my phone right now. Um, I just actually had a friend let me borrow his video stabilizing gimbal and he kind of challenged me to go make a one minute like professional quality video only using my phone. Uh, so I, this is actually kind of a challenge that I have coming out that I'm hoping to get done here in the two, next two weeks 
uh, where can I make like a high quality video with editing and everything just from my phone? And, and that'll be a big test. Obviously, someone with more skills is going to do something better. Uh, but I think that that landscape is changing a little bit. And yeah. if you're trying to use social media, it, it's, it can be difficult to have constantly professional photos. And so consistency is so important that I've actually seen, oh, like if I post all my photos that are from my phone, it, the profile looks really consistent. But if you're jumping back from like only decent cell phone photos to professional photos, it can be a little inconsistent. Um, and your, that's a really your good engagement point. is inconsistent. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, awesome. So, you know, not to jump too, too quickly to the next one, but I really want to hit this um, before we get done here. Um, so Scott Belsky, he is um, chief product officer at Adobe. He was founder of Behance. Um, he's an investor, just pretty well-known person in our industry. He posted uh, last week uh, a post titled Attack of the Microbrands. And his, his thesis of this post was due to, you know, due to Instagram and others, what's happening is you're seeing this uh, proliferation of a bunch of small retail and especially clothing, but other brands are starting to pop up and actually sell and do business on Instagram simply because they're, they're posting um, essentially their storefront is becoming Instagram. And, you know, his point is this is a really interesting channel that you're going to see just a ton of these brands that they're unknowns, but they're like really cool products. Um, Do you think Connor, given that you're, this is kind of your wheelhouse. Do you think, and I know we touched on this a month or two ago, but, um, that do you think the long tail really thrives and flourishes uh, through the social channels like Instagram and you as a small, what I would, what they call micro brand can actually build a business without having to sell through Amazon and in battle, those big giants selling through the channels of social, um, you know, social networks and other things like that. Yes. I mean, I, well, I'm so glad you shared this article because I think it's amazing and I think it's spot on really uh, because because of the internet in general, but specifically social media, it has created, it has cut out the middleman. So because they handle distribution. So before, if you wanted to make a newspaper or you wanted to make a product, you had to like buy a printing press, right? And then you had to go hire a bunch of kids to go distribute your newspaper. Uh, But now you can just do what we're doing and have a phone call and push a button and it publishes out to everyone's phone that we can reach. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so I think everything is going to get very uh, hyper-local and niche like this because if you can find your thousand fans, which you definitely can if you put in the work, uh, you can get any product that you want as long as the product is quality, of course, um, and it's interesting. And I think this is just going to be very disruptive to a lot of these big legacy companies because they just can't compete on these small scales, it might, it might create a way because these big companies, if they could uh, focus in and just create little niche markets, they could just absolutely dominate. But as there's more micro brands, that's also going to create a lot of micro failures. Uh, yeah. And so the individual and entrepreneur, as they create this brand, they have to either create a really strong, well-rounded brand that can evolve and move on. And, and, and I guess just it has to grow or they just have to keep coming up with new ideas uh, or, or save their money. And so I think that's the that's the interesting point is that, yeah, you can go and you can make ten million dollars really quickly. But then it's just a flash in the pan and it might be over. And then you got to well, evolve and do something else. Yeah, not only that, but I think it's 
it's a launch pad. And at some point, you know, if your brand grows and you do get to the five or $10 million, you know, yearly and, you know, revenue rate and you're growing, the thing is you can't continue on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, whatever the channel you're really pushing at some point, the brand has to have its own legs and you have to own your distribution platform uh, more than just, Oh, we saw on Instagram because as we know, you know, (laughs) change in algorithm or change in any terms of service can, can really, really affect your business. So I would just say, yes, I think the long tail is going to totally grow here, but at some point that business that you're building you have to flip it over and you know it doesn't mean you have to totally leave instagram but you do have to have your own owned platform that you control everything you are hosting it you're controlling it you're driving people there and you're building your almost traditional e-commerce versus and so now you have like a two-prong approach but don't fully lean on instagram forever because it's probably going to get pulled out from under you yep Exactly, exactly. Well, today was a great show. I know you have to go to your next meeting. Nick, what do you want to leave our listeners with for the end of the week? I want to leave them with, uh, you know, hopefully you worked hard this week. Uh, Take a weekend, rest, recover, be with your family, and then hit it hard on Monday again. Excellent. Nick, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, You can find me at Founders Live. You can find me on LinkedIn, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all, all the normals. So uh, feel free to reach out. Excellent. He's Nick Hughes. I'm Connor Kaysen. This is Catching Up. Have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you Uh, next week. All right. Peace.